Just bear with me, sorry. It's a bit of a mess here at the moment. Sorry. I'll be ready in a second, sorry. It's just a bit of a mess. It was 34 degrees outside when we recorded this and we were both indoors. Welcome to Nothing to See Here with Stephen and Darren, episode 9, Heat. It's interesting that when I did um, a comedy uh, sound effect, I was told if I knew anything, because apparently I did know something because I did work in the theatre, that you don't use exactly the real thing to do comedy sound effects. So when I did a bottle clanking against a glass, as I did last week to make the point about something, um, I was told that was the wrong thing to do. I should have been done doing something that sounded like a bottle hitting glass. Yeah, this is boring, isn't it? But apparently when you do your sound effects, like your pages and pages of feedback, you can actually use real, yeah, precisely, you can use real paper and not something that sounds like paper. I arrive with a great sound installation. It's taken me days of technical planning. We've been in meetings. Hundreds of thousands of government funding has been wasted on the amount of technical meetings we've had about what effectively was just glasses and bottles clinking together. However, we decided that that wouldn't work for this broadcast. So what were we really using? Why would you pretend that I was using the real thing? Why would you pretend that in my hand now are two bottles of gin? Listen, that doesn't sound like two bottles of gin tingling together. As for the paper, what are you even talking about? So listeners, anyone that's not <laughs> given up, uh, the screen was basically bottles and bottles and bottles. And then Darren has turned up uh, unwashed with an absolutely, actually very cleverly the same top as he was wearing last week. Yeah, I've noticed all these little details covered in... Uh, it's chilly, vegetarian. Chili, vegetarian chilli. Cold uh, dust all over his face as if he was some Victorian boy I... chimney sweeper. Oh, and... Um, unkempt hair i've been sweeping chimneys Stephen. it's uh we'll come back to that later been cleaning swim come and come and sweep my chimney as dylan dylan thomas once said and some people and no. your hair is your hair's just some people look good with long messy hair like like i do myself but you don't it's a little bit rude i think the, the, this is this installation is called nervous breakdown and so far you've been a little bit unsympathetic the only person that has had mental problems since this podcast started is me. And if anyone is going to do an art installation called Nervous Breakdown, in fact, I find that very insulting that you are mocking my uh, fragile mental health that has been made even more fragile by this podcast. Why would you think, what, yet again, 
the solipsism and the narcissism comes in and you make it about you. Why would you think my nervous breakdown is, is about you? I spilled chili down my top. I didn't do it for you, about you. That chili was well tasty. I made it. I didn't want to waste it to my t-shirt. It was just a difficult moment. I was remembering things and I got missed my mouth. Why would you make that moment about you? I got sad. Just give me a second. You see, any professional would have had it all set up. They'd have pushed the play button, wham, and we'd be into it. But oh no, just a minute. It's just boring. Sex fact, sex fact. Here's a sex fact. A normal dealer's pregnancy starts three months after sex. Right, so that's the sex fact section out of the way. Yeah, so that As voice wasn't yours. <laughs> I'm, I, what is it you're trying to fight for? And anyway, it's Shut up. Because, like, you're going to start, we're going to start getting more letters of complaint. I mean, we've had pretty violent letters of complaint today already. Any, any, anything we do, do you listen to at any point? I know you do the editing. You make a point of saying that every week, by the way, which is uh, in, in the feedback. So you're asking me the question, do I listen to anything? What do you think the answer to that question is? Pardon? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to any of this. Right. Wanna know how much you love us? Then give us feedback. Feedback. Right, Stephen. It's been you a see, No, no. I'm sorry. If you were a good co-presenter, you would have asked me if I had a sex fact. But no, you're just carry on at your speed, full steam ahead. Will just leave me lying by the wayside, bleeding as you carry on into the feedback. This is really important. Because so, I have a beautiful sex fact that it's a shame okay. we're not going to hear it now. We've, so, so we've, we've had an email of feedback. I've tried to edit it, but it's... Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to look as if I'm listening. Dear co-presenters of Nothing to See Here, I write this email in a tone of total disgust, extreme disappointment, and utter heartbreak with regards to your recent podcast, supposedly entitled Mystery Episode. Though you clumsily seem to then mistakenly rename it in the end credits as the Who Done It episode, in what can only be a lame over explanation of the insulting content that you previously had tried to deliver. Before I begin to get into what I want to talk about, I would like it to be known that I have been a huge fan of yours, Stephen, for many years now, which quite frankly just compounds what cannot be described as anything less than heart devastation. I have been a dedicated listener of your personal podcast since the very beginning. Indeed, your deeply profound reflections and witty regalias with regards to your Muswell Hill neighbours, endless beautifully bourgeois antics, are really the only real thing of any value that I have to hold onto during the pandemic. Without our distanced but shared cerebral celebrations, I just don't know how I would have survived. I mean, the episode in which you spent almost the entirety describing how you clean your kitchen and just how dirty it was on top of your fridge was absolutely magnificent and truly inspirational. Indeed, it deeply touched me in places to such an extent that I suddenly found myself unable to resist dusting off cobwebs from various nooks and crannies. And alongside this, the insatiable urge to clean off all of my well, not all of my, actually, um, 68 of my 102 pot puree pots for the first time since 1982. 
It's amazing that they can still smell so fresh after 38 years, especially as they were under so much dust. But I digress. It's these hugely layered high art moments, like the heartfelt story of your struggle to get your oversized eggs into your egg cups in the rain, or the lady on the bike who irritates you with her flag, or even wittier, her lack of flag. It's these high art moments, Stephen, that for me during these past few months has brought us so much closer. And I would even go so far as to consider us more than friends these days. I'd rescue a hard drive from a broken computer for you. That's how deep my feelings have flowed until this week. I've been in awe of you and the far, far higher quality and much more sophisticated oral adventure that your podcast is as opposed to the less than festering, worsening ear infection that nothing to see here is becoming week on week. And the fact that I, and the fact that I hold you in such high esteem, Stephen, has merely compounded the now endless ache in my heart. For I think it was Malcolm X who said, to me, the thing that is worse than death <laughs> is... <laughs> you see, this is the problem with you. If you'd stop that crap about a third of the way through, it'd be quite funny, but it just goes on and on and on. And we're way past the joke now. And the fact that I hold you in such high esteem, Stephen, has merely compounded the now endless ache in my heart. For I think of Malcolm X, who said... <laughs> Very serious political figure in American history, uh, you know, that's just been mocked, undermined, uh, you know, at times of Black Lives Matter, it's just, you know, it's going to lose his listeners, this. And the fact that I hold you in such high esteem, Stephen, has merely compounded the now endless ache in my heart. For I think it was Malcolm X who said, to me, the thing that is worse than death is betrayal. You see, I could conceive death, but I could not conceive betrayal. And so before I start with my reflections and feedback, please do let me remind you that this is not the first time I have taken pains to try to improve these amateur schoolboy antics that Peacock as a podcast. Indeed, you may remember that my request for more Agatha Christie has meant that our honourable lady has become a regular fixture in your episodes, which was one of the very few moments of interest worth listening out for each week. That was, of course, until the last episode. The episode where you disgustingly decided to debase our good lady AG with your disregard and disrespect, Stephen. And yes, shockingly, if he was any brighter, he'd have remembered who has the final say around here. to it as the most overly obvious statement ever. And how could you not know this quote? Unless, of course, 
you have misled all your loyal listeners over the years and the readers of your blog, misled them into believing that you are a loyal Agatha Christie fan. Betrayal. Yours, so, so broken, so, so betrayed, Arnold Holy. P.S. And for fuck's sake... <laughs> So Stephen just took his headphones out. <laughs> P.S. And for fuck's sake, please just stop talking in every episode about just how hard it is for you to edit or just how hard you work on the edit. It debases you, debases Darren, and debases your art the way you have debased our great lady love. P.P.S. I know I try very hard to pretend not to like him very much, but secretly, it's listening to Darren that makes me to want to want to sweep my chimney, as well as dust the remaining pots of pot puree in my house. PPPS. Right, feedback. Very unhappy with Darren's behaviour towards you. Hashtag Harridan. You need to remove toxic friendships out of your life. I recommend <laughs> starting with Darren. Darren's a rascal, isn't he? That cheeky Darren cheek. P.S. I'm a fan of Duncan's feedback. Hope he sends more. Now what we're going to talk about. Is that what, is that what, is, that's what you've got? Yeah, that's genuine feedback from my friends. Sure, and that was genuine feedback from Arnold Holy. What are we going to do about that? Arnold seems pretty devastated. What, you think a, a 10 minute monologue is professional in a... So a 10 minute bit of art, which yeah. I breathed appropriately. It's not art, it's written by someone else and never intended as art, it's a feedback. Yeah, but the fact that I've introduced it into the episode means that we're going to turn it into a piece of art. No. I breathed, I did breathing in places in order that you could do good editing. So do not tell me that I monopolised for 10 minutes. I was reading Arnold Holdy's feedback. Arnold has been a keen supporter of ours. It was Arnold who gave us the steer about Agatha Christie, which merely led us to, to, the, to our peak, what I consider the peak episode, just last week. I stopped the recording for most of that, and I'll be cutting the rest of it, and I didn't have my headphones in, so I didn't hear most of it anyway. So, like all great artists, you're not going to be discovered in your own lifetime. <laughs> right, well, I... Just... I don't know how to respond to any of that. Can't believe that you've wasted how much of your life writing that. Just taken over the whole podcast and bored me to tears. If it had been funny, it would have been great, but it wasn't funny. I took some space to read some feedback. I'm sorry that I take what our listeners have to say seriously and you just want to carry on. Uh, do you know what I'm finding difficult about this podcast so far, though? is that all I can smell is orange juice and chilli. And for somebody that really doesn't like being dirty, this is quite tricky. I'm going to just change my top. <laughs> <laughs> the great artist known as Darren Cheek has now genuinely, because he is a very, very clean person, uh, slightly abnormally clean because of his father abandoning him at a young age, has put his uh, coping mechanisms for life instead of taking drugs. He's 
taking it into cleaning. Put a shirt on, please. I don't want to look at you like that. It's very hot. I'm, I, I have... don't want to see your waxed chest. Thank you. Uh, so he's finding it very difficult. He doesn't, obviously the hair thing is all part of this. There is some psychological problem going on. Uh, he can't be dirty and he can't have the feeling of hair on him. Uh, I think he needs to talk to a therapist about this. And so, because he stupidly put chilli and wherever it was all over his shirt and stuff all over his face, he's feeling really uncomfortable because it's also an extremely hot day today. And he's gone off and put an another shirt on. Did you hear any of that? I did. It's beautiful. Hmm. I was tempted to stand and listen to some more of your art then. I might be a therapist. Yeah, I know, you, I know you've been doing the online counselling course. How's that going? Because last week you learned how to be nasty, which I think is module two. Module, How's it going? Module three is how to deal with difficult people and I haven't completed it yet. No, you must be really struggling with that one. Yeah. So what are we going to do about Arnold? I don't even want to talk about Arnold. I don't find what? any of this funny. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm really struggling this episode. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> because why? Because you've annoyed me. I've annoyed you? Yeah. Again. Again? Yeah. I'm so... How did I annoy you? You're not even sorry. How did I annoy you? It's not funny. It's not going to work with the audience. And I don't know what to do with it from an editing point of view. Edit the fucking thing. That's your job. Arnold Holy has taken the effort. Yeah, they, they've overemphasized their point a little bit much. They just wanted you to know, Stephen Thompson, that you hurt them with your lies and your manipulations and your two-facedness and your withheld truths. They just wanted you to know that you've hurt them. They, yes, they could have put it in one line, but you know what? It's the pandemic. People have got a lot of time on their hands. So they wrote a six page letter about how you've broken their heart and they put lots of quotes about betrayal in it. Yeah, maybe a little bit too much. Maybe they're over egg the pudding. But you know, when people are in a place of hurt, sometimes they can't control their feelings. I think you should respect that. You've put this in this person. You know, you could let it go, right, and move on. <laughs> Why are you struggling for power and position? Why do you think I'm struggling? No, I'm going to go and get another drink. I'm really, I, no, I'm really hot. I need to get another drink. You think about the question I've just asked and come back to me with it when I come back. Okay. Pause the record. I'm not pausing no recording. Mince, 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 mince. Mince, mince, Mincy mints, mincy mints. There was something I was asked. He said, You think you need to think about that? And I said, I'll think about that. Mincy mints, mincy mints, mincy mints, mince mints, mince mints, mince mints, mince mints, mincy mints, mincy mints. Right, what's the answer to my question? Mincy mints, 
What I was supposed to be thinking about something. Was there a question, wasn't there? Mincy mince. Mincy mince. No, there was a question. You asked me something. You're not going to answer it, so I'm going to tell you what I think. The thing is, no, you've had your chance of being stupid. Now, when you do that Arnold Holy thing, that is like pushing me, pushes my back up against the wall and I can't respond. You push me my back up against the wall and then it doesn't flow anywhere else. So I'm at a loss after that as to what to talk to you about. Your charm is not going to work right now. Fine. So you really want to... Okay. So what we're doing is a dance, right? No, you ask me the question. Do not interrupt me. I'll tell you when you can interrupt. <laughs> so you asked me. We are doing a dance. My dance is to poke and prod. If I've done... If I've consciously done far 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 too much you can tell me off for doing far far too much and you can take the piss out of me and rip the shit out of me and give me a hard time for being the overfeeder the overindulger the overworker the overfixer etc etc that you whatever throw whatever names you want to throw at me for whatever too much art is by all means do it that's that's the game you did it last week and it was beautiful. You were relentless last week and it was beautiful. I don't think I got it wrong. I think it's a fucking beautiful piece of art. It just went on too long. I'm, I'm grumpy because I'm hot. I mean, if you hadn't done it on a hot day, it probably wouldn't be being like this. But you... I thought when I took this podcast on at your suggestion, it was just going to be a nice podcast. No, you did not. That was That's ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous thing that you... That is not the most ridiculous thing. That is absolutely 100% true. That's more ridiculous than the crocheted sperm. I don't find that funny and I don't find it clever. What? The crocheted sperm. You said it was trying to be funny or clever. Because you're waggling around in an trying to be funny way. No, I'm not. I'm just showing you my crocheted sperm, which I'm very proud of. Why are you so proud of it? Because it was a present and I like getting presents. Well, I gave you a present and it went into the re-gifting pile. Like getting good presents, like a crocheted sperm. So what's good about a crocheted sperm? What? Unlike your present that was overpriced and undervalued, this has been handmade by a 12-year-old. For, for uh, their biology, they had to make a cell. So, uh, so as part of their pandemic homework, they had to m make a cell. So they made a blood cell. They crocheted a blood cell and they, blow the, the, and they crocheted... Uh, some sperm, uh, a sperm, and they've become so popular that now they've started doing, they've started a little sperm business and they've started crocheting sperms and, and this is a prototype. So what started as a bit of a joke, they crocheted a sperm. So basically they told me what they were doing. I got really excited. I was like, you have to send me a crocheted sperm. And then uh, my friend's dad, he got really excited. And he was like, I want a crocheted sperm as well. And then the neighbor was like, oh, you've got a crocheted sperm. I want a crochet. Basically, the whole thing has escalated with a small E because she's only made about six so far because they, they take quite a long time for a 12-year-old. But everything I've just said with my words is true. There's a little mini 12-year-old business going on in crocheted sperm and it's genuinely a sperm because the project was about sales. I'm going to set up a little business. Are you? Yeah, it, it's going to be in origami vulvas. Nice. Mm. I've heard... You're um, you're you're making your magician origami 
Debut. Uh, I've seen you on the billing for for an event that's coming. Yeah, sadly I had to cancel because the leaves going past the window. Did you not get that email? I, you, as far as I know, you've got top billing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Headline act. No, sadly it's cancelled. That's a shame. Oh, that is a shame, isn't that, it? That is because everyone wants to see some pretend magic. Let me see. You talk to your uh, uh, your third company administrator too, who sends the emails out. Yeah, we've got a very close relationship. Mm. So she she replied, did she, to my email? Yeah. And then showed it to you. She gave me a ring. And she's put it top billing. Yeah. She knows she knows an act when she sees it. Origami peacocking as magic. She's heard about it. She's listened to the podcast. She's an avid listener. She was going to send some feedback, but then she listened to the feedback episode and she got a bit scared that if she sent feedback, that it would be accused of being too long or that it would somehow be debased or dismissed in some way. She's like, do you know what? I'm not risking See, my heart. That's how you do feedback. Three simple sentences. It's all people want to hear. People haven't got time in their lives for 10 minutes of you twaddling on. Well, clearly you're cutting everything today, it would seem. Um, the, sadly, the only thing I can't cut is your hair. Sadly, that is true. Because then you wouldn't wear that stupid scarf. What do you think you look like? What do you think I look like? <laughs> Twat. Is that the best you've got? Just can't get your hair cut. Not get my hair cut. That means going near people. <sighs> Anyway, I think I just have to face up to the fact that you annoy me. That 99% of the time you don't annoy me and 1% of the time you do annoy me when I'm hot and grumpy and drink too much water. My room is like an oven. I'm really sorry. No, secretly you're quite pleased. No, I'm really sorry that you hurt Arnold Holy. No, you're quite pleased I hurt Arnold Holy. No, I'm not. Mm. Can you just pre-see that thing in about three sentences? Because I didn't hear much of it. What do you want me to say? Just sum it up in about three sentences. Which bit? <clears throat> the whole thing. The whole email? Yeah. You want me to give you the short version? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You... In about three sentences. Yeah, this is the version that you can use. Stephen pretended to know about Agatha Christie. He clearly knows Dickel. Darren presented beautiful curated art around Agatha Christie. Stephen showed him up, self up to be the absolute fucking uneducated idiot that he is. My heart is broken. What a betraying arsehole. Uh, I hope he dies in some freak boating accident. Yours sincerely, Arnold Holy. P.S. And for fuck's sake, please just stop talking in every episode about just how hard it is for you to edit or just how hard it is for you to work on the edit. It debases you, debases Darren, and debases your art, the way you've debased our great lady love, AC, as in Agatha Christie. I just added that bit. Use that, Grandad. You see, if you'd just done that, that would have been brilliant art, and I wouldn't have had a strop. See, what's the problem is that you're not busy anymore, so you're just sitting around doing ridiculous things, like writing six pages of fictional feedback. Problem what you is, should be doing is going out, talking to people and getting your hair cut. Problem is, I bring great art to this every week. Sometimes you like the art. Sometimes 
it's a little bit too clever for you. You see, you've just said the problem is you bring great art to the thing. That's the problem. Your your great art, which is neither art nor great. Listen, just allow, problem, it's just problematic. Allowing Arnold the space to express their feelings, I consider great art. Welcome to my life. I'm really sorry, Stephen, for you that Arnold's expressions of feelings were a little bit too much. Just because they were, you know, they verged on truth. They were a little bit too close to the bone for you. They maybe expose some of your badder behaviours. <laughs> Shall we do the promotion? Yeah. What do we do first? Do we do the jingle or do we do the time cost? Not funny though, is it? You did that last week. Yeah, you, you bring the same thing every week and you're always funny and I bring the same thing every week and it's not funny. <laughs> no, don't give me that face. Could look at it another way. <laughs> Basically, I just said, you can look at it Wind another was in the wrong direction. Your face would get stuck like that. My mum, yeah, or if you sit too close to the telly, your eyes are going square. No, they don't. don't. No, they don't. If you sit too close to the telly, they don't go square. <clears throat> yeah, but the first one wasn't true either. Yes, it is. If you're in the wind and it's in the wrong direction, and you pull a face, your face stays like that. For fuck's sake. Sitting in front of the telly too close doesn't make your eyes square. That's just rubbish. Do you not have a promotion? Anything you need or want from it. I've got a promotion, yeah. We'll do the bloody promotion then. Genuine promote or... Indulgent gloat. Heads. My genuine promote, Stephen Thompson. Ah, Jaffa Kitchen. Amazing. It's like, not amazing. Everything. You see, amazing just means nothing in your world because everything is amazing. So I have no idea what is genuinely amazing, what is just a little bit interesting. So how about you hear my feelings? Uh, don't dismiss them. So Jaffa Cake Gin, as everything else that I've labelled as amazing, is amazing. I don't use the word amazing trivially or accidentally. If I call something amazing, I mean it because I choose my words because I am clever and I'm in touch with my feelings. So if I express something as amazing, I mean it. Jaffa Cake Gin, hang on. Oh, it's amazing. So weirdly, not weirdly, because obviously it's flavours, it smells like Jaffa Cake. That's nice enough because I love Jaffa Cakes. So you could have like a regular Jaffa Cake gin or what it does do is make the best Negroni in the world ever. So it's that your basic Negroni recipe, which is part, part, part. So part Jaffa Cake gin, uh, part Campari, part Martini, uh, obviously properly swished over ice with a good old stir. Now, normally you do a proper orange wedge like a proper orange circle or whatever because that's the way to have a negroni if you're doing it in italy however what you can do with the jaffa cake negroni is obviously you can put a jaffa cake in it or on the side it's not going to add anything to the taste but boy what a garnish that is my genuine promote for today thank you very much people some might label that as an indulgent gloat i might indulge it as another lost two minutes of my life I really don't know what to do with you. So much beauty, youth, art, 
has happened at you and yet you're so dismissive of it. You Basically today, you've been my dad. Okay, I'm leaving. The look of complete uninterest in your face makes me think you should go and do some drilling. I love you. I can't say that. I'm not asking you to. Just because somebody tells you that you love them. I don't understand this about people. Just because you tell somebody that you love them doesn't mean they have to say it back. I am telling you how I feel. I'm not asking you for anything. I am just expressing my feelings for you. I don't need or want anything back. I'm just telling you that I feel love for you. I have love for you in my heart. It's not a contract. I'm not asking you for anything. We don't need to do equilibrium. We don't need to do scoring. We don't need to do equalizing. I'm just expressing my feelings. Shut up. You're just trying to pretend that you're down with kids, aren't you? <laughs> you know, that you're into, you're, you understand the, the female 20s perspective, <laughs> despite being a courgette-crying middle-class, ex-working-class failed actor. Wow, the last bit was a layer too many, perhaps. That was Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen, the heat episode. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, share the love. Oh, shut up. If you sh- just shut, just shut up. It has annoyed me. I think we're all aware of that. <laughs>